Hi everyone, I'm your host Maurice, and you are listening to the Lifetimes Podcast. Podcasts where we will explore the different stories, life lessons, and experiences of young and old Filipinos navigating through life and adulthood in a foreign society. If you haven't yet, I encourage everyone to give us a follow on Instagram at the Lifetimes Podcast and also to give us a follow in whichever podcasting platform that you're using Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. At the time of this recording, actually, I'm still waiting for the review for the podcast to be posted on Apple Podcasts. So once that happens, I will be I will make sure to give everyone an update on Instagram. So if you're if Apple Podcasts is your choice in listening to podcast, or you know someone that uh, uses Apple Podcasts, maybe you can share the episode to them and have a listen to to the show. Maybe while you're driving. Maybe while you're doing some chores at home or while on your commute to work or commute to school or just going out to run a couple errands, give the show a listen. So today, I'm actually very excited to share this episode with everyone because this is the first time that I'll be having a guest on the show. So it, it was um it was quite an experience recording because for the past two uploads that I made for the trailer and for episode one it was just by myself but this time around and what i'm hoping to continue doing for the podcast is to have uh, various guests come in to share their stories and this one is very special it's special because it is personal personal in a sense that we are given insight to what our friend our my guest here had to go through in order to fulfill his obligation in the medical field and at the same time taking care of his young family. His name is Ren and he has been working as a care aide in one of the facilities that had a COVID outbreak in the Lower Mainland. Through his story, hopefully we are able to gain an insight of what it was like facing this new threat to society and also a threat to his family so i hope you enjoyed the show and here is the story of one of our modern day heroes ren just a quick introduction everyone um our guest for today he's one of my friends actually we've known each other for a few years now and to be honest with you he is one of the most fit people that i know <laughs> he he is a cyclist a runner a care aid frontliner, which is what we will talk about today, a husband and a, and a father. It's uh, a lot of things that he's juggling. So he took the time for us for for this episode. And we just want to say thank you, Ren, and welcome to the Lifetimes Podcast. To be honest, well, it's an honor to be a guest of your show here. I know it's uh, my first time here, actually, to, to be with this kind of um, interview. And I'm hopeful that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna run smooth, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope that it runs smooth as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as you may know, uh, Ren is my very first guest for the show, and uh, like I said earlier, I've known uh, Ren for a few years now. I believe it's around 
seven years. I think I was still in, in school. Yes. Think, yeah, we, so we met through a common friend. And mm. that was about seven years ago. We were still, we were still at, uh, in college. And I think he was a, right. a friend of yours in the... I think he was from the same region as you, from the Philippines. That's why you were able to uh, know each other. Yes, or? no, that's true. We, we came from the same province. And at the time, I was uh, searching for friends, common friends from, like, who can speak the uh, same dialect. So I found <laughs> him. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, to be honest, Ren, um, like, reflecting back from when I first saw you, you, are, <laughs> you look younger today with your physique with our uh, with the uh your fitness level right now so it's a, it's amazing to see that um yeah just just okay. you look younger thank you. today <laughs> thank you so much yeah that time around i think i was stressed and then i don't have directions in life that time then i met my wife and yeah. it yeah it helped me to focus on some areas in my life that i didn't focus on to that's my help and uh i made a little bit of upgrade in my studies as well so yeah, all things came together now and I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so we, before we get to the questions, um, I know you, you gave us a, like a, a quick introduction already, but you mind just giving us a, an introduction about your, how, you, um, how you got to where you are now? So my name is Ren. Um, I'm Filipino. I was born and raised in the Philippines in one of the province in Southern Fart, which is called Bacolod City. I came here when I was 26 years old. So approximately 10 years ago, uh, I worked for my sister as a, a, a taking care of her niece, taking care of her son and daughter. Now I am a Canadian citizen and I'm working as a carrier in one of the facility in North Vancouver. And I'm happy to be where I am right now. And hopefully in the future, I'm planning actually to become a nurse. Your wife also works in the healthcare field, right? Is that right, Ren? Yes. My wife is actually a nurse. Um, she just finished her study two years ago. Now she has a regular work in North Vancouver as well, close to my workplace. Healthcare workers, you guys have a very hectic schedule most of the time. And, you know, just getting that time off work is really precious to all of you because it's a, it's a high stress uh, work environment on top of that with the COVID situation happening. So I'm just curious, Ren, how are you able to manage the scheduling um, with, uh, like like you said, your your wife is also a nurse, you work in the healthcare field, and also you have a young family. How, how do you manage that? That's a good question, Mal. I think I just did my best as a husband, as a father, and as a carrier, and as a friend. Um, I'm juggling things and I'm trying to be more versatile. So whatever, like right now, I have time for you. I always don't say no. I don't say no to any to everything. Um, what I mean is that I always give time to every areas of my life, especially in my family, right? And uh, I found out that I can actually do it because uh, I have this kind of, um, before I always, want to be the best in everything that I do. So as, as a father, I want to be more focused on my, my uh, daughter. And as a husband, I want to focus on my wife. But then I, at the same time, I want to have time with my physical activities. I thought at first it, it is really difficult 
But then when I got the grip of it, now I felt like it's actually doable. Because I'm actually practicing it right now. Um, for example, today's um, Friday, I have time for you. Then Saturday, I'm, I made a schedule already that I have to, I can run in the morning and free time at the time. And then in the afternoon, I can go with my daughter and my wife to the mall and enjoy our day off. Uh, I think the most important thing in in how to accommodate everything in your life is to do the the right planning. That's that's the start of everything. The right planning and then execute it. That's it. You can do it. So a lot of time management. It seems like, huh, Ren? <laughs> yes, that's right. It's tough at first, at first, but then when you get used to it, it will be just it will be spontaneous. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I guess that that's been your your the, the cycle of life I guess for for every day now because of um your your work and everything else that you're juggling around. So um yes. you mentioned you you work at North Van and uh could you tell us a little bit about your your workplace uh, where you work? Yeah. Uh so I basically I work as a carrier. I'm doing all the jobs related to uh, taking care of the clients including her personal uh, hygiene. Um, in addition, I work in a, in a big facility, which comprises around 300 beds. So it's a big one. I work as a night carried. So my time starts at 11 PM up to 7 AM. And I need to travel at least half an hour going in there because I live in Vancouver. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my cycle every week. I work four nights on and two nights off. So overall, um literally in a week i work at least five nights five five nights graveyard i mean i've i've yes. worked uh, how long have you been working graveyard Ren, for since 2014 so approximately it's almost, almost seven years seven now. years wow that's crazy yes. because i i worked at a, <laughs> i've worked as a cleaner for uh metro town for about four months and that was graveyard and and I also had a, a warehouse job for like three months and I, I struggled during those months, but after hearing you mm -hmm. working for seven years graveyard, that's really, really <laughs> intense and being able to juggle everything around. That's, that's, that's insane. Thanks man. So, you know, we Filipinos are hard and really, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're Filipinos. We're fighting. Yeah. We're always fighting. Yeah. So. The fighting yeah. spirit. <laughs> fighting spirit. That's it. So a year ago, the COVID lockdowns hit BC and mm -hmm. being a carried worker and in your facility, how did that take place in your, your, uh, your work? Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, COVID-19, our facility, which is the Lindbergh Care Center, is free now of COVID-19. Um, before, a year ago, we were the ones who were first struck by the COVID-19. I saw clients in front of me dying, you know, it's really hard for me. It was intense because I have a daughter in the house when I go home and she's only like nine, she's only like nine months that time around. And I have all the reason to quit my job, but then I pursue and it feels like, you know, in my part, I have to do my job as a carrier. And uh, I'm so happy now that our facility is COVID free and everything went well. Everything is working well now. Yeah, if I if I have only a word that could explain uh, those moments, 
but for now, I can't really describe it because it's very horrible. I saw the suffering and pain from the eyes of my clients. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the pandemic is, is real. It's not just only in the Philippines, as we know, like in the social media, we saw doctors, nurses died from COVID-19. Um, we saw it in the, t in the TV, but for me, I actually saw it firsthand. So my emotions are mixed, but then I'm, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm a little bit proud of myself too, because I, I tried my best to, to help my, uh, the elderly people in North Vancouver, the Valley Care Center to be, to be precise. Yeah, I can't imagine how how difficult that um, that situation would be. Uh, from from an art article I read actually from the Vancouver Sun, uh, they mentioned that uh, your your work, your facility, the Lynn Valley Lynn Valley Care Center, was BC's worst outbreak at a care home. So I I just can't imagine how the the intensity of the environment there, but. Right. Do you mind just walking us through, through what the, the typical day is for the typical shift for you during, mm -hmm. during those times? Yeah, those time around, you know, um, more of my uh, coworkers are quitting. So because they have the reason to quit, right? But for me, I'm, I'm few other um, carried. We work at that night. Like those times we um, in... It's a different, it's a different feeling, you know. It's kind of like you're getting into a war zone. You you feel the fear, you you felt the anxiety, and the the workload is really hard because you need to do a lot of stuff. It you know, it's it's different from a regular night before the COVID, right? Because when the COVID struck, you know, you have to do everything. Um, it's like, it felt like, you know, the hours are longer and, um, yeah, it's, and all the clients are really difficult to manage because they're not in the mood. They're always mad. They're sick. They're not usually in their usual self. So it's, there's a lot of adjustment at the time. And it took me like a few weeks to, to readjust the situation because I didn't only deal with the workplace itself, but I'm also dealing with the environment when I when I go home from work because I hear from friends and relatives you know they're giving me warning you know why are you working you know you're not it's not it's not worth if you work so I'm not dealing with my workplace alone but I'm also dealing with my my family and peers you know so it was really hard but then I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I survived it I think it's probably one of the most challenging part of my life as an adult to uh, be able to experience and work uh, as a carried in a in a facility where where COVID nineteen is uh, present, you know. <laughs> sometimes I'm, I sometimes I mean, when I'm telling story, stories, I'm getting serious because that moment was really uh, you know like unprecedented. It was not expected by many people. So yeah, even the best countries in the world, U.S., Canada, some of the countries in Europe, they, they, they were not prepared. So you mentioned there's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Has there been a point during those times where you kind of just stopped yourself and, and thought, what am I doing here? Is this, should I, 
should I just leave right now and just go back to my daughter who's like you said just a few months old has has there yeah. been an instance like that a lot of times now when some nights are really hard I felt like I want to give up you know I have a daughter and my wife just came from maternity leave so yeah I actually have a lot of reasons but then I don't know maybe God uh, used me to to help others um, you know I'm that time I'm just being optimistic and of course I have this kind of uh, feeling inside of me that I'm doing um, I'm doing the right thing I'm practicing prevention you know PPE it's called personal protective equipment I'm doing that regularly I'm using gloves mask face mask gowns so I know I I knew I kind of knew in myself that I'm confident that I I can protect myself so I think that's the other reason why I keep on working because I know I can protect myself. And at that time around, you know me, I'm, I'm fit. I do my running, I do my cardio. So it kind of adds up and it feels like I'm on top shape and I can handle it. At the, sometimes in your life, there's a gut feeling that uh, if there's challenges, obstacles, sometimes you know that you can handle it. And think, I think that's uh, the thing that happened to me, you know, I, I think, I surpass it because, uh, uh, yeah, actually more, my, my family all supports me. My wife, she also supported me. So there's three factor overall. Um, first one is like, I know that I can handle it. Second one, my wife supported me. And third one, of course, I knew that uh, God is with me. Like, uh, I know he's using me to help others too. Very amazed with the, the bravery that you were able to express during those times because it, it's true. The healthcare workers are the frontliners. You are the ones there in front of the threat and in this case, COVID, mm-hmm. and just, just trying, trying your best to help out as much people as you can and at the same time protecting yourselves from also acquiring the virus. You mentioned also your your wife got called back from, you said she was on maternity leave. Could you yeah. tell us a, a bit about that? Yeah, at that time around, those COVID uh, months, that was a year ago, uh, specifically March, April, May, June, those w- were intense months. People are dying, you know, sick, throwing up and everything. You can see all the intensity. And then I told my wife that, you know, um, I told her the, ex- the experience that I had those moments and she actually, she actually came back to work. She's amazing, you know, I respect her and I salute her for what, what she did. She actually came back to Lynn Valley Care Center and work. You know, you can't imagine it because we have a daughter and she's only nine months in the house and both of us are working with uh, those people having COVID-19. It's really risky for, for the family, right? But then we did it. <laughs> yeah, it just, it happened, we, we survived it. It's, um, I can't imagine it that we did the big decision that I'm not the only one working, but she's also working too. From my understanding, before COVID, uh, your wife was on maternity leave. And yes. during the situation when it's a really dire situation, she came back. She and came that's, back. That is insane. You said your daughter was nine, nine months old, but she was there willing to help the patients who needed help. And at the same time, be there as the mother of your daughter. That's that's crazy. I cannot imagine the 
physical and emotional and mental strength that it takes to just to combat that. And that being said, you, you said both of you working in the same facility with, a, with an outbreak. And I know from the healthcare workers, we, we hear news that they are overworked, they're, they get double shifts. How, how, are you, how was you and your family able to, to manage that? Did, did that ever happen where uh, one of you or even maybe both of you had to work double shifts or you know, extended hours? Yeah, good thing now, you know what, Lynn Valley Care Center really didn't give us a double shift because they know we have family and uh, we refused double shift at that time because we cannot do it because, you know, um, she has to take care of her daughter in the morning. I have to do my night shift and then in the morning or in the afternoon, I have to take care of her daughter because she goes to work. So double shift doesn't work uh, on us at that time around. But we actually extended some few hours on, on those on those time but we didn't do we didn't do um double shift yeah so you you would work uh graveyard like um what was that 11 o'clock you yes mentioned? 11 to 7 a.m 11 to 7 11, 11 to 7 a.m and then my wife worked at uh p.m shift which is 3 to 11 p.m okay Yes. So you have that that morning where both of you are at home yes. and uh, with the family, you spend some time with the family and then the wife mm -hmm. goes to work um, from 3 p.m. Yes. How was that? Um, if you could walk us through, how was that? Uh, let's say you, you come home from a shift mm -hmm. and obviously your, your daughter is there. Uh, yes. She's also uh, one of the one of the ones considered as vulner vulnerable being only nine months. Yeah. What were some uh, precautions that you had to take before you, you went home, before you went back mm -hmm. to, to your daughter after um, a long yeah. night's work? That's a good question, Mo. Yeah. What I did was like a total prevention of the spreading of the sickness. Um, I do the, yeah, before I arrive, I have to take off my um, dirty clothes and put it in a separate hamper, laundry hamper. Then I, I take, take a bath. And um, I make sure I have a new clothes before I, I'm going to um, hold my daughter. And uh, yeah, every day, every morning, uh, I have time for my daughter. So I'm, no, actually every morning after I hold my daughter, I go to sleep for just six hours. And then when I woke up, my wife is the one who will go to work. So it's like a, it's a process, but we are doing all the necessary prevention steps. Uh, taking care of uh, ourselves by taking a bath before um, holding our daughter, that's why I said, and changing to a new clothes. Especially those scrub suits that we had in um, facility, those those suits are really, um, sometimes are really dangerous or it can, because it can be the, the uh, what you call it? The, it can be a house of uh, microorganisms, right? It, it sticks to our, our clothes. So we, we make sure that it's it's separated from the regular laundry. That's what we're doing that time. It's separated. Yeah, that's that's really intense because uh, I can only imagine after I because I I um I have a young dog. I have a puppy, and mm -hmm. every time I get off work and I come home, and I see my my dog just you know excited to see me. It makes me yeah. happy, no matter what I went through at work. Even though I was I was stressed out at work, I had um, some problems at work. Once I see mm -hmm. my young puppy, 
my eyes brighten <laughs> up and I'm and I'm happy. And yeah. I I and that's just for a puppy. And I'm um and for your case with a daughter, I can only imagine mm. that that's the one of the things that you look forward to after that yes. long night of long that's shift right. to mm-hmm. to just you know to to get home uh like you said have your daughter in your arms and just mm-hmm. enjoy those that morning where you can share it with you and your family right if if you don't mind me asking you what role mm-hmm. has your daughter played in That's, you being able yeah. and you and your wife being able to you know push mm-hmm. on and work yeah. because from what i'm like you said earlier you have friends saying you know why are you even working it's not worth <laughs> it you're you're <laughs> you're you have a daughter and yes. you're putting yourself at risk mm-hmm. and both of you both of you still yeah. you know pushed on what yes. role did your daughter p- play a part in this yeah you know i think you know carried i accept my role as a carried it's not just a job but for me it's like a vocation it's like um it felt like i was born to help others through this occupation and then when my daughter came I have to give my daughter the best future that she can have, right? So I have to work hard. So it's like my daughter is one of the main reasons that I'm working. It motivates me to give her a bright future. So, and also it gives me energy and it's like a remedy to everything. For example, when I came, uh, I came home from a very difficult and hard uh, job. And my daughter gives me energy. Every time I, I came, when I saw her smiling, you know, it boosted me up. It felt like, you know, I'm doing my job as a father. I'm doing my job as a husband to my wife. So overall, you know, my daughter is one of the the main factor that I'm working really hard in my life. Actually, I'm planning to pursue my nursing and hopefully, you know, I, I can I can do it. Um, we'll see. We'll see in the future. I'm sure you can do it, right? <laughs> I'm, sure. uh, um, I'm sure you can get that nursing Uh nursing education done and you know provide the best future for your daughter uh you mentioned as well um you know there are times that uh you had a long days uh you know you had a hard time at work um is there a specific experience um before covid or during covid that you you that's been memorable to memorable to you has there been an incident like that or a a patient rather that's been uh you know you, you had that experience that you just can't can't forget it's it's very memorable yes Mel. i have this patient i don't want to expose his name he's a really nice guy i was close to him because every night when i go to check him in his room he's really nice he's kind he always greet me with a smile but it crushes my heart that time because we lost him he's actually the first um, casualty of covid 19 in lynn valley care center so i I, I can't forget him because uh, it feels like he's not just a client him, he's a friend and uh, I won't forget him. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't put my mind around that. Like you said, you've been checking on these patients almost on a daily basis on your shift before COVID and COVID comes. And like you said, in the onset of our, of our talk, you were saying you were seeing it right before their eyes. You were seeing them struggling. You're seeing them going through this, uh, this situation that you can help them, but then you can't make the pain go away. That's one thing that's, uh, it's very, 
it's just just the stress with all all the work how are you able to cope with the stress stress physically stress emotionally mentally how are you able to cope around that it's really hard for me emotionally and mentally but then i kind of get through through it like i always i always look at the bright side and um I always also give advices to my coworkers that no matter what happened, as long as we're doing our part as a care aide or as a nurses in in this facility, we should be proud of ourselves. I myself, being your friend, I'm very, very amazed because um, I've known you, but this is the first time that we've talked about uh, your experience battling through through COVID. You're you're just one of the few people I know who work in the healthcare field and being a frontliner at the place where there was an outbreak. So I'm, I'm really thankful that you were, you're here, man, because we, we don't, we don't like what we see, uh, what I see anyways, what I see in the news are, you know, just the daily rep- reports from, from our health, health, uh, health officials. But I don't know what exactly the struggles that the healthcare workers actually face themselves on a day-to-day basis. Because for us at home, for the first couple months when the lockdowns happened, I was actually working from home. And, you know, I'm working from home. I'm in the comfort of my house. I'm in my computer doing my work while you, (laughs) my worker out there risking your life, you know, putting your your own personal health on the Mm -hmm. line putting your daughter's health on the line as well, because (laughs) like we said, she was only, she was very young to you and your wife. You are truly modern day heroes for the work that you've done. So you mentioned the vaccine as it rolls out and the restrictions start to lift. What are you, what are you hopeful for? um, You know, as we go to that normalcy, if we ever do (laughs) reach that point, as we transition to that, what are you what are you hopeful for? What are you looking forward yeah. to? Yeah, before that, I had actually got my uh, I get finished my vaccine. That's two vaccines already. So I'm proud of myself that I'm gonna be protected for quite a while now. Um, yeah, so we we can see you now the light in the horizon. We can see hope, and um, hopefully it will keep going. You know, it's gonna be normal, and there will be no more um, virus again. And hopefully in the future, the government and all the public sector will be more prepared. And in addition, more people will be more um, cooperative, performing all the necessary steps to protect themselves, like the social distancing, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, they have to wear masks, especially in, in the public. But we cannot say that it's going to be 100% back normal soon. Probably it will take more another two years to be 100% normal. Overall, you know, it not just, it's not just about the government or all the nurses or carriers, but it's also about us, like individual. We have to put ourselves in a situation that, you know, we can help the, go- we can help the people working, like, like me as a frontliner. We have to do our responsibility. So... Next time, you have to be more careful. Uh, I think that's the key. And since now, you know, as you said, the, the restriction is kind of lifted up. 
now we have to enjoy what is it what it is but we have to still we have to we have to do it um carefully Yes. Yeah, Dr. Bonnie Henry said we can have uh, gatherings of 10 outdoors mm-hmm. is uh, yes. allowed now. And you say, you know, w- what are what are the ways that we can help the healthcare workers stay safe? Right. Because like what we're hearing mm. now, our healthcare workers, mm-hmm. they have families too. They have yes. families that they go home to. They have right. young children mm-hmm. who depend on them. They have uh, babies, like uh, in your case, Ren, babies. Yes. And they also have... Uh, family members who are elderly. So how can mm. we, what, what can you say, Ren? How can we um, right. help the healthcare workers? Yeah, thank you so much, Mo. Yeah, first of all, we have to, um, you have to do the precautions. The first one is you have to protect yourself all the time by doing hand washes. Every time you, especially um, you're dealing with uh, foreign stuff, like you play outside with your um, activities, like, you know, stuff like that. Before you go home, you have to wash your hands. Secondly, um, maybe you could use your mask on. And um, yeah, thirdly, if you're sick with that, those flu-like symptoms, you have to stop from working. You have to stop the spreading because you don't know what it is. If it's a virus, if it's just a simple one, or if it's COVID-19 or another strain of COVID, you don't know what will happen. You don't know what it, it is, right? So. You have to be careful not to spread it. I think that's the point here. Uh, what we're doing as a, a frontliner working hard in, in the facility or in the hospital, we're working hard because we don't want the, the virus to be spread. So we have to quarantine the client. So if you're sick, you have to quarantine yourself as well. You don't go to work. You don't meet other people, you know, and stuff like that. It, it, can, it can work and it will re- it really helps. Uh, healthcare professionals. It's been a, a tough, a tough year for for all of us, and especially for the frontliners, the healthcare workers. And like you said, we will try to enjoy what we have now, but obviously, we don't want it to go back to what it was last year. And it will really take the entire community to come together, to work together, to you know protect each one, not just ourselves, but protect also the people around us to keep everyone safe and contain the virus for our listeners me me, me and ren we're uh, we we're on zoom and we're talking here and I, I i can see in his eyes how you know how personal everything that he has shared with us because that that's that is the heart of a frontliner that is the heart of our healthcare workers working amidst a, a pandemic so we we can I, I can see myself how uh, Ren really takes to heart his his work in in being able to help other people. Yes. Uh, just before we wrap up here, I just uh, <laughs> I just have a couple, I guess, trivia questions. Yeah. <laughs> just three oh. <laughs> three fun questions to ask. What's your all time favorite song, uh, OPM song? Uh, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not time to lose lose enough because I'm a little bit serious earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite song is an all-time favorite of others as well. It's Harana. Uh, is it? Uh, it's. I believe it's Paroka and Edgar and Osupaba. Yeah. Complete the whole song, right? <laughs> yeah, Harana was um, actually Harana was a cover by Paroka and Edgar. But 
It's been very popular. It's one of those songs that um, they say if you do a, a cover song really well, and if it's really that good, people will start remembering the cover as the original, as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> Next question. A movie or a TV show recommendation for our viewers? Or just, just your favorite yes. movie or favorite yeah. TV show? Hmm. To all those Filipinos listeners, I think I have to recommend Game of Thrones. It's um, it's amazing series. It's filled with action, intense um, uh, drama. You know, a little bit of comedy sometimes. Yeah, it's it's kind of mixed up because it's it's a it's a story a long time ago, and filled with fantasy, and they're fighting for the throne. You'll get hooked to it. Trust me, guys. Just try uh, Game of Thrones. Even one episode. I dare you. Even one episode will be hooked. <laughs> yeah, the first one got me hooked when I first watched <laughs> it. Then it's just just no looking back after that. <laughs> I'm hearing actually that they're going to have uh, a spinoff or something for Game mm. of Thrones. I know when the last season aired, yes. they were the saying there was a spinoff. Like yeah. <laughs> and then- the last part. Yeah. <laughs> but still... I would stay. I would say Game of Thrones is like one of the best, like nine nine point five out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, man. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic series. So, <laughs> all right. Being the podcast called the Lifetimes Podcast, mm-hmm. is there a time period that you would want to visit? Any time period at all could be a hundred years ago, the seventies, eighties, mm-hmm. or fifteen hundreds. Is there a time period that you would want to visit, and why? Wow, that's a really amazing question for me. It's kind of hard. I don't want to go back to where the war is is ongoing, like 1940s, Second World War. I don't want to visit it. It's really um, horrendous times. Probably I would just go back to my own country's history. I want to go back, yeah, when Jose Rizal is is, uh, on his uh, prime. I want to see him because he's our national hero. And I heard and I read a lot of good things about Osiris. He can spoke different languages. He's really witty. He's, he's like a genius, you know, and he did a lot for our country. I think I want to visit that event on, on, in the past and, and see firsthand what did Osiris did for our country and makes him the best or the, our national hero. I think that's the one I, I, that I can think for now. Maybe there's a lot more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's also one of the yeah. things that's uh, very interesting. So mm-hmm. hopefully in the yes. podcast, I, I, we could have that as a, as a topic. Just talk about mm-hmm. the, the uh, history of the Philippines. And yes. <laughs> let's talk about history. There's this one show that I was watching. Uh, it's, in, it's in Filipino. It's, it's Tagalog. Mm-hmm. And he said... Um, what did he say? Uh, it's some, somewhere along the line says, Pag walang kasaysayan, wala tayong saysay. Yeah, so in, in English, if we don't have history, we don't have meaning. Mm-hmm. So it's, yes. uh, it's very, very nice to just look back in history. Very deep. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conversation for mm-hmm. a future episode, yes. hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much, Ren. I, I can't stress that enough. Thank uh-huh. you so much for taking this time and sharing it with us and just sharing this very beautiful story that you have just mm. 
because it's really one of those stories that will, um, and I'm sure uh, your daughter will grow up as, as a, as a great human being, having two parents as heroes that she can look up to for the work that you have done in this time of need for the entire province. And it's just remarkable to, to have a friend who's a a modern day hero. It's just insane. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Ren, for sharing this story with us. Thank you so much. And I hope you and your family stay safe, especially your daughter. Thank you so much for this time that you've shared with us. And that is the story of one of our modern day heroes, one of our frontliners, Ren. I really hope everyone enjoyed that story because it was indeed very special. We, we don't really know what the frontliners go through. But in this moment that we were able to share with Ren, we were able to at least see and just get a glimpse of what that life was like. So just before we wrap up the episode here, uh, to end on a lighter note, uh, I want to just go back to that song that Ren mentioned, one of his all-time favorites, Harana. Uh, That song was actually written by a man named Eric Yaptanko and was first performed by Tony Lambino. And then the Parok and Edgar made their own rendition. They made their own cover of the song. I encourage you to have a listen to the song Harana by Parokin Edgar on whichever music platform that you're using. And if you haven't yet, please make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the Lifetimes Podcast and subscribe to the show on whichever podcasting platform that you're using, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soon we'll be on Apple Podcasts, so stay tuned for that. And I hope to see you in the next episodes, and bye for now.